Have you heard the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover? But that's what people do, right? We judge everything by outward appearances. In my experience, a great album cover can make or break the decision on whether I buy an album. So go on a journey with me as we look at some great album cover designs and talk about why I believe that you need a personal designer for your album artwork. This is Judged by the Cover. Welcome back to the Judged by the Cover podcast. This is a JW Creates podcast. And today, I have an album cover that I'm really excited to talk about. As a hint, when I say the name Steve Miller Band, what imagery or album covers pop into your mind? I'll give you a minute. But if it's not a horse or a Pegasus, then you probably haven't listened to or looked at any of Steve Miller Band's album covers. And that's okay, because I was actually pretty surprised at how few of their album covers had this imagery. But a couple of their important albums did, so that's why it's stuck in my head. So yes, today we are talking Steve Miller Band's Book of Dreams. And we're going to start by diving into the history of the band and how this fantastic album came to be. But first, if you haven't done so already, make sure you go like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, if you could do me a big favor and go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review for the show, that would help me out a lot. I had a guy that, that tried to leave me a really nice review um, on Apple Podcasts. But he he left me a one-star review instead of five. But at least he did say really nice things about it. So I wasn't just, you know, like my soul wasn't crushed. So if you're going to leave me a review, five stars good, one star bad. Say something nice if there's something nice to say about the show. It helps out a lot. And with that said, let's talk a little history. So the Steve Miller Band formed in 1966, and they went on to write and record 10 albums in seven years. They didn't find any major success until The Joker came out in 1973. That album hit number two on the U.S. Billboard 200, and the single The Joker hit number one on Billboard Hot 100. Normally, when you hit this kind of success, most bands and artists would double down and take advantage of the momentum, but not Steve. Steve and the band were burnt out at this point, and they were on the verge of quitting. So he told his manager not to book any shows or appearances for a year. He said that he needed time to rest, think, and write new music. And as we're going to find out here shortly, this move is actually going to pay off big time. Up until The Joker, most of Steve Miller Band's songs would have been categorized as psychedelic or even kind of folky. This album and song marked a significant change for the band, going to a more melodic rock and blues sound. This rockier sound would go on to influence the songs for the next two albums. During this break from performing, Steve wrote the songs that would become the next two albums, Fly Like an Eagle and Book of Dreams. They never imagined that they would get two albums out of the material they wrote. His plan was to pick the best songs and make one album out of it, but there was just too much good material. Steve Miller released Fly Like an Eagle in 1976 and had three big hit singles and hit number three on the Billboard 200 and is rated four times platinum at this point. So this takes us to Book of Dreams. Book of Dreams came out in 1977, just a year after Fly Like an Eagle, and followed its hit success. This album hit top 10 on the charts in four different countries and topped out at number two on the Billboard 200. Seven songs from the album Book of Dreams end up on the greatest hits compilation album that comes out the following year, which is 1978. I believe that Steve Miller found the winning formula in the song The Joker and he took the time away from performing to transition their sound and writing style around it. 
The other thing that I believe lead to the major success of Book of Dreams is the album cover and imagery. So with that said, let's get into that. I found an interview where Steve Miller talks about his album covers, and he stated that he loved to live in anonymity. At one point, he had the number one single in the country, but could still go to the grocery store, mow his front yard, or go to a local comedy show, and most people didn't know who he was. This was mostly because he didn't want his face on his album covers. Steve Miller wanted to promote the mood of an album, not himself. When it came to the album cover for Book of Dreams, Steve Miller went looking for inspiration. He found what he was looking for in a painting done by Stanley Mouse and Alton Kelly. Kelly and Mouse made a name for themselves in the 60s and 70s with their psychedelic music posters and album covers. Most of their work was done for The Grateful Dead, but they also created imagery for other bands like Journey. I'm thinking that we'll have to do a podcast dedicated to the work of these two guys because really there is some awesome stuff in their portfolio. At the time Steve Miller was working on Book of Dreams, Kelly and Mouse were running a t-shirt business that wasn't going so well. They knew that they had one last chance to create a piece to save the business, so they came up with the image that would become the album cover for Book of Dreams. Lucky for them, when Steve came looking for inspiration for this album cover, he loved this image. So first off, I know I'm not going to be able to do this cover justice just with words, so if you've got your computer, phone, whatever handy, Go to Google, type in Steve Miller Band Book of Dreams, or you can go to my website, jwcreates.com slash notes. You will see the episode for Steve Miller Band Book of Dreams. There I'll have pictures of the cover and the rest of the packaging and stuff like that, and any other cool little material things that I find along the way that go along with this. So that's the warning. I'm not going to do it justice. Go check it out. And you can even check it out while we're talking through it. So here I go. The, the masterpiece of this cover is the character right at the center. So at the very center of the cover is this white Pegasus with these very colorful wings. If you don't know what a Pegasus is, it's a horse with wings. There you go. In the very center, we've got the white Pegasus with the colorful wings. Directly below that, this is the part that I've been having troubles with because it's almost like envision a coin and it has this gold band uh, that goes along the outside. But inside this this coin or this this circle, whatever you want to call it, there's a couple different rings. So the first ring is this really colorful ring. It's got the, some of the same colors from the wings on the Pegasus. Overlaid on top of that is this hieroglyphic style pattern um, that you know is kind of in that circle formation. Um, and again, overlaid on top of the the very colorful ring at the very center of this circle or of this coin or, you know, whatever it is. What it looks like is it looks like a very wispy cloud sky. Kind of if you look at it all together, you got the Pegasus overlaid on top of this really wispy sky looking portion behind it. And it's got these different rings around it, the colorful ring. And then you have that gold band along the outside. The other thing on the, the album cover that's really worth talking about is the, the font that they used. And the font, you know, carries on this, this hieroglyphic theme. So if you look at the letters, you know, the S, the M, the B, you know, kind of all the letters kind of have this funky movement to them. But they, they almost look more like hieroglyphs versus letters. Really cool choice there. And what I loved is how every element has this like dream or fantasy value to it. 
you've got the broad spectrum of colors on the wings and in that inner ring. You have these wispy, dreamlike clouds in the distance. And then you have this crazy hieroglyphic style font and then that pattern that's also on that ring. It's like they created this Pegasus image specifically for this album. But in reality, they never knew what it would become until Steve Miller walked through that door. Because again, this was a piece that was supposed to go on t-shirts and other things, and it was supposed to save their business. It wasn't initially intended for anything other than that, but it really took on its own life on this album cover. This album cover and packaging did so well that it won a Grammy for the best album cover. Normally, that would be very exciting for an artist that their work would get recognized with an award like that, but the sad truth is Kelly and Mouse weren't recognized with the award. It went to Capitol Records and to the art director, Roy Kohara. In an interview, Stanley Mouse said, We were watching TV one night and we saw the Grammys and they said, For Book of Dreams, Roy Kohara, art director. It won a Grammy, but we didn't win it. They didn't even tell us about it. We had to see it for ourselves on TV. As a cover artist myself, I hate to see the artists themselves not getting the credit they deserve for their work. The Pegasus theme would go on to be featured on many of Steve Miller Band's compilation albums and greatest hits albums. And if you search for Steve Miller Band merch, you know, t-shirts, stuff like that, it almost always has a Pegasus on it. So if you're a band or musician that's exploring for inspiration for an album or single cover, I think that one big piece of advice that you can take from this cover is to think outside the book. I know even for myself, when you have a name like Book of Dreams to work with, it'd be very easy to try and do something book-related for the cover. What they did, or what Steve Miller did, using this Pegasus that could only be something out of a dream um, as the main character for the cover, I think that is what makes this album cover great. Also, this is literally a piece of art created by Alton Kelly and Stanley Mouse, and I think that the world needs to know that these are the guys that are responsible for the masterpiece on the cover of Book of Dreams. So that's it for my segment on Book of Dreams. Make sure you go check it out. There's some really fun songs on that album. And I guarantee you, even if you you know have never actually just sat down and listened to a Steve Miller Band album, you've heard some of the songs off this. We have Jet Airliner, Swing Town, Jungle Love. Those are all big hits. And one that I actually really enjoyed that you know, I don't know that I've ever actually just sat down and listened to is Wintertime. And, and I'll tell you, that is that is one of the songs on this album. That there's there's others, but that's one of those songs that is very, it's very dreamlike. It, it fits the theme of the album. It, it's actually a really cool piece. So if you haven't, go check that out. And with that said, we are now at my favorite part of the episode. And that is my near miss segment. Today's Near Miss Victim is one of my favorite bands from my adolescent years, and that is Creed. Growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, I fell in love with Creed because it felt like that rock sound that I loved, but it wasn't my dad's rock and roll. Now, my dad had good taste in music, but you know, as a kid or as a teenager, your parents become, you know, stupid in your eyes, and you're like, I... I need to listen to something that they would never listen to. So that was Creed. And, you know, <laughs> kind of on a on a tangent on that, I kind of grew up, and this is a story for a different day probably, but I kind of grew up in a, in a Christian family. Um, and at that point in time, we weren't allowed to have like 
explicit music and I couldn't buy Metallica albums, but for some reason I could buy ACDC albums. That may be another story too. Uh, but you know, Creed, you know, <laughs> I remember people telling me like, Oh, they're a Christian. They're a Christian band. Uh, I, I, I don't know that I'd call them a Christian band, but, uh, that was kind of my way of convincing my folks that that I could listen to Creed. I also know that Creed is one of those bands that everyone likes to pick on, and that's not why I chose them. Truly, really, I love them. But uh, this album cover that we're going to talk about is probably more strange than you remember it being. I know that's the way I feel about it. So the album cover we're looking at is Creed's Weathered album, and, and, and it's quite interesting. As a teen, uh, I guess I didn't think anything of this album cover, and it probably wasn't bad quality for the graphics in the late 90s and early 2000s. But the more I started to look at it, the stranger it gets. So let me try and explain it to you. So on the cover, the main element is this big tree. And we're going to discuss some of the details of this tree here in just a second. But let's let's kind of get the rest of the landscape uh, in our minds. So big tree. The background is very apocalyptic. So there's this huge like orangish red sun. And the sky is this brownish yellow color. And then the ground, what you can see of the ground is it's very rocky. In the background, there is this smaller tree. And it's being chopped down by what appears to be a man. Um, He's kind of blurry, so I don't know if it's supposed to be like some creature or something like that. But for now, we're just going to call him a man. Also, from the sun, there's this like ray of light that's shining on this blurry figure. Um, Again, from our huge red sun. Back to the main tree, which is right at the front of the cover. It has the faces of the three band members that that are like superimposed on the bark and then coming off kind of the the left hand side of the image are these two hands and one of the hands has a chisel the other one has a hammer so it's kind of painting this picture that the the faces of the band members are being chiseled into this tree (laughs) as as a side note that i have literally never noticed until i started doing this episode is that the arms that are you know doing the chiseling they are very very hairy I don't know what's up with that. That might have been intentional. It could just be really weird and awkward like the rest of it. <laughs> and just the, the last detail from it has to be the the weird blank stares uh, 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 on the faces of the band members. It's just weird. Like, they're almost too serious. <laughs> and the, the cherry on top, to make it even better, the faces on the tree are very, very poorly photoshopped onto the image. So it just kind of all adds up to this weird trying to be apocalyptic but just awkward image i love this thought from the the website faceoffrockshow.com they said the name of the album means erosion by weather an example bone person or anything else that is eroded by the weather reflecting the situation the band was in at the time of this album's release the the cracks began to widen and the end was near But then we take a look at the album cover, which, to tell the truth, is one of the weirdest we've seen. And here we see the band members' faces engraved on a tree that looks strong and formidable, that is not eroded by the weather, but rather it seems to survive forever. Think about it. A strong, formidable tree in a very weathered environment that seems to last forever. Maybe that's the legacy of Creed. The album artwork was designed by Mark Tremonti's brother, Daniel Tremonti. 
who designed all the album covers for Creed. Normally, I like to try and give some suggestions on how I, I would change it to make it better. But honestly, this one might be too weird to try and change. And maybe it just needs to be weird. One last funny side note, one of the first things that pops up when you Google this album cover design is this tweet from someone in 2016, and it says, the album cover for Creed's Weathered album is so bad, LMAO. (laughs) And, you know, they're not wrong, but maybe what we need to do is to dig deeper into this one and get some more info. So if you would like to learn more info about this Weathered album cover by Creed, let me know in the comments on my liner notes page at jwcrates.com slash notes. Yeah, and tell me if we need to try and get a hold of Daniel and uh, try and find out what's going on with this, uh, with this album cover. With all that being said, that's it for this month's episode of the Judge by the Cover podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will do this again very soon. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.